I declare that the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, and I'm being filled with the knowledge of His will, in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I am pleasing Him in all respects. I am bearing fruit in every good work, and I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to His word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area, and it is making me more and more like the Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. That is your portion in the name of Jesus. As the word is coming for this evening, it's entering into your heart. It is healing you in every area. It is healing all your financial problems. It is healing all your physical problems. It is healing all your marital problems. It is healing every problem in your life. He sent his word, the Bible says, and it heals them. And that word delivered them from all their destructions. You are delivered today, I declare, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I say you are delivered today in the name of Jesus. Amen. What I normally say at the end, I want to say at the beginning today, no evil will befall you. Amen. No evil will befall you. Amen. And you will not do evil. Amen. The Lord will deliver you from all evil. Amen. He will keep you strong in the time of temptation. The word will speak up for you in difficult times. The word will tell you what to do when you have to make a decision. The word is entering your heart this this evening. It is giving you light and direction. It is healing you in every area. And it's making you more and more like the Lord Jesus. Your character is changing. I say your character is changing. It's becoming more and more like the Lord Jesus Christ. You are becoming a better reflection of his personality. In the name of Jesus Christ. People around you will notice a light shining from your face. In the name of Jesus. The the glory of God will radiate from your face. In the name of Jesus Christ. Listen, you you are becoming better in your work. Very important. Sometimes Christians are looking for miracles. God work a financial miracle in my life. Listen, God can work financial miracles. But sometimes, he says, why should I do it? No, really. Everything he does must have a purpose. Why? So you can eat some more. say, no. You know why I will not do it? The same reason why I say man that will not work should not eat. If you are a workman, if you are not better, if your skill does not surpass that of the Pharisees, if I may use that expression, I will not give you more money. Not because I can't work miracles, but then you are not going to do things better. So that's why it's so important. Stop believing God for money alone. Believe God for other things. If you are working, I mean, you are a craftsman. Say, I should, my name, if I start declaring every day I'm going to work, I have the spirit of Bezalel. 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 That people will see my work and they will stop to check who did this. There are words you must... Ne- that, listen, let me tell you something. If you serve people, are, I want to tell you something you must never say. I got a manager like that. You hear what I said? I ban you from today. Manager like that. For those who do understand our Nigerian English, let's say it in common English. What is the common English for manager like that, sir? Eh? Just take it like that. Just try and just make do with it like that. I know it's not perfect, but just try and use it like that. That's, that's the common international English. That's not good. The Nigerian one is, hey, thank you. Nigerian is, okay, just manager like that. You don't make. <laughs> like, they, like they say, worry. you don't make, you don't make. No matter. <laughs> There's nothing he's doing there. Have you ever heard that rubbish from mechanic? Say, there's nothing he's doing there. 
Japanese, German, Korean design something, use money to put inside a car. You tell me there's nothing he's doing there. May the Lord have mercy on you in Jesus' name. Amen. But today I declare to you, you will never say that again. Amen. As a child of God, excellence will follow everything that you are doing. Amen. Receive the spirit of excellence this evening. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. If you are a teacher of children, listen to this. You will speak, and it's as if God is speaking wisdom through you to them. Amen. And they will receive it as from the spirit of God. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Listen, the ability to impart knowledge is a gift of God. It's a gift of God. Listen, what God wants us to do as believers is to go out and radiate that excellence that he has stored up for us. And until we have an expectation, we cannot have a manifestation. Are you getting my point? Many times, the problem is that we don't have expectation. We just think that, I mean, for goodness sake, you are making clothes. Just make up your mind that until people, you know, those days when Jesus will be teaching, people will sit down and listen and say, this man teaches differently. He doesn't teach like any of the other scribes, the Pharisees. He teaches as one having what? Authority. Listen, there is skill like that for everything we do in life. You must never be satisfied until people look at your work and say, now this man is doing this thing as if he was the one that originally designed this concept. That must be your target. That must be your goal. If you are working, I mean, people like of your, your type, they are five in a particular row, and your own skill is not differentiating you. Don't, don't feel bad yet, but don't relax. What did I say? Don't feel bad yet, but what? Don't relax. Make it a goal. You must always continually improve. You must always continually do better. I hope you're getting my point. Listen, the goal of God in our lives is not money. No, because that's one thing. Churches will just keep on praying. Christians have more money. No. If we have more money, we don't have more skill. It's useless money. The Bible says it is the Lord thy God that giveth the power to do what? To create wealth, to produce wealth. Wealth and money are two different things. What God gives is wealth. What is wealth? It's value. What is wealth? It's ability. Wealth is an addition to a situation. That is what wealth is. It's not just that somebody has more money. No, 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 no. Wealth is that, well, before I came on board, everybody had to, how do I say, okay, to type, you know, typewriter, you go type. Then somebody came one day and said, listen, you can do word processing. They started with word processors. They made the office work easier. Whether they made a billion dollars or not in that, in that um, endeavor is not the primary issue. The issue is that they have created wealth for everybody. Wealth is something you create and everybody benefits. Do you get my point? Wealth. You see, that's why when people who steal money, they enter government, they, 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 they are working for Satan. No matter how rich they are. Once you are taken out from a system without adding something into it so that your money is a result of what you added for everybody. You're a spiritual thief. A real wealthy person, what the person does is to create an additional benefit for everybody. And in return, everybody says, okay, take. For example, you have a smartphone, you go to Apple, you give them money. You go to Samsung, you give them money in return for that smartphone. But that smartphone is not for, it's not for you just a show-off matter. 
For many of us, what do we do with it? All kinds of things. Now, your Bible, in fact, what is on your smartphone now? Before, you needed a whole truck to carry those things. I remember the days of tapes. If I have to put all the messages on my smartphone now, into cassettes of those days, or let's even say CDs, believe me, I'll have to driving a pickup about. <laughs> Literally, now I have, I'm not exaggerating, I don't think I have anything less than 200 one-hour messages on my smartphone. No, 200 is an understatement. The person alone I have, plus Hagen. I mean, no, 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 no. Now, let's not talk about the books. It's a whole library on that smartphone. Oh, how many versions of the Bible? I should have started from that. Commentaries. On a smartphone. If I had to hold those things around, now pick up. And when I want to preach... Instead of using a tab, I say, okay, who's carrying my, um, my amplified? You hold it. You open the American standard. Let me hold the young literal translation. Meanwhile, my notes will be on another diary. But somebody's made all those things easier. And in return, I give him some money. He may become very rich. But in that process, he has made me rich, more productive. Some people tell me, they say, ah, you write. Oh, you try. Remember, what is try? Come on, the days when I had to carry my, what do you call it? This, um, there's this concordance. Crudence. When I started ministry, it was crudence I was using. You carry it around to check reference, you go up and down, you type it in. That is what they call creation of what? Wealth. If you want to succeed in life, ask yourself, what is it that God has given me skill so that I can bless somebody's life with it? That's what brings forth success into your life. Let me pray for you again today. The spirit of excellence is your portion in Jesus' name. Amen. That which you are doing will create wealth for multitudes in the name of Jesus. Amen. That is what riches is for you. You are creating wealth for multitudes. You will have the power to create wealth in Jesus' name. Amen. As the word is coming to you again this evening, it is giving that power to you in the name of Jesus. Amen. It is giving you light in Jesus' name. Amen. It is giving you direction in the name of Jesus. Amen. I like the story of um, Demos Shakarian. I tell the story all the time. And the story of his father. His father was struggling and hustling and struggling and hustling. Things were not working out. He became sick, working in a leather factory. He was always coughing. His lungs were being destroyed. Then he went to the community of brethren and they prayed. And they prayed in tongues, prayed in the spirit, they prayed, prophesied. Finally, somebody opened the Bible. And he said, Blessed shall you be in the field. And he said, they said to him that God said you should go and start working on the field. So the man left working in the leather factory to start trading in vegetables. He started working on products of the field. That was the beginning. In that process, he moved from vegetables to um, milk. Then one day, he said, why can't I have my own dairy animals? That's it. At the point in time, he had one million heads of cattle. That's this one that you see. Uh, you know, it would be uh, uh, full of his men are quarreling. One man, count the number of cattle he had, one million. That if you gave people in Enugu one one each, it will go around. <laughs> How did it begin? The word came and he gave him direction. Put, put up your hand. I should pray for you. Just put up your hand. Receive direction in the name of Jesus. Amen. Where you have been struggling because that's not where you are supposed to be. The Holy Spirit will give you light now in the name of Jesus. Amen. 
we consider the testimony of the Moshakarian's father, who when they prayed, Revelation came forth and said, no, this your work is not where you're supposed to be. Be somewhere else. Where you, your own somewhere else, God will reveal it to you in Jesus' name. Amen. He said, you have circled this mountain long enough. Now turn northward. Your north will be revealed to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Where you are supposed to go, the Lord will reveal it to you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Behold, the end to your struggles is near. Amen. Listen, if you are, no matter how fast you run, I like what the Bishop Oedipo used to say, what is the use of speed when you're on the wrong road? <laughs> In the name of Jesus, God will reveal to you if you're on the wrong road. Amen. He will lead you to the right road. Amen. He will reveal to you if you're on the wrong road. Amen. I want you to make a request. Say, Lord, reveal to me if I'm on the wrong road. Show me the right road. Let's pray. Let us pray. You know what you are doing. Talk to him. This is what I have been doing. Six years. It is not working the way I think it should be working. I'm on the wrong road. There's no wisdom to use if you're on the wrong road. It only takes you further away from your destination. Say, Lord, lead me to the right road. Holy Spirit, show me the right road. Even if I've traveled on the wrong one for a long time, I will be humble. Give me the spirit of humility. Say, Lord, give me the spirit, the humility to accept that this is wrong. You can't brag yourself. Say, Lord, if I'm on the wrong road, point to me the spirit of humility. So that I will know and I will accept that I'm wrong. And then lead me on the right road. Lead me in the path of what is right for your own name's sake. In the name of Jesus Christ. Now, because God, you know, he said that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Now, because he has heard you, I declare that you will know your right road in Jesus' name. The Holy Spirit will speak to you. There are different ways God leads people. Some people, just as you're just going on the way, understanding will just come to you. Say, ah, I remember when I wanted to start this. It was because my friend was doing very well in it. That's why I followed him. No. I know what I wanted to do that time. You will just know it. Some, they will sleep. Like Paul. And one man from Macedonia will shout, come over to Macedonia and help us. That's another way God speaks. Sometimes somebody who knows you well will call you. I like the story David Paulson said. He prayed to God, let me know what I'm supposed to do before 12 o'clock. I don't know why he chose 12 o'clock. Before 12, two people had encountered him. And the first one said, why are you not in the ministry? No, the first person said to him, I see you ending up in the ministry, not as a farmer. The next person said to him, he hadn't seen the man in about two years. The man didn't even greet him. How are you? How's your father? How's your wife? No, he didn't ask any question. He just said, David, why are you not in the ministry? Two people spoke to him before 12 o'clock. He knew the Lord had spoken. Whichever way God will speak to you, you will know his voice in Jesus' name. Somebody say, I have to go and practice how to hear. No, just practice how to obey. He knows the language you speak. I hope you get my point. He knows the language you speak. Not that if God, God shouldn't come to you speaking Chinese. Would that be a, would it be a loving attitude? He will always speak the language you understand. The problem why people don't know what God is saying is that they don't want to listen. Many people will never agree they have been wrong. That is where the problem is. 
That's why I said earlier, you, 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 should, you should pray. Say, Lord, give me the humility to accept. Every stubbornness in me, I yield it up to you, Lord. Kill it so that I can accept. What am I going to say to you? Don't worry. How will I know? When he will speak, you will know. I hope you are getting my point. Yes. You will know. Say amen. Amen. Say it, I will know. I will know. I will receive it. I will receive it. It will be clear to me. It will be clear to me. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Just say, Father, I thank you. Because of light, because of direction, I receive it today. In the name of Jesus. All right, let's take our seats and get into our teaching for this evening. The Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. Do you believe it? That he's good? And turn to your neighbor then, please. Do that with me and say, the Lord indeed is good. No matter what you feel like, the Lord is good. No matter what he doesn't feel good like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Something don't feel good at all. Say, the Lord is still good. Say, all things are working together for you. Because you love God and because you are called according to his purpose. Alright, that all things are working together. If you believe that, say amen. Alright, the Lord is good. Now let's just take our Bibles and start reading. Now, um, today I want to, I think, that's my plan. Let's see how it goes, whether the plan will succeed. Alright. <laughs> my plan is to conclude what we have been teaching on how to pray in the time of Adversity. That's what I've been teaching. How to pray in the time of adversity. And I hope you have been following me. If you have not listened to this from the beginning, please make sure you listen to the whole series. If you are following us on the website, the messages are always being added. So you can just go to the website, pastor.ng. This is our school of prayer. And what we do all the time, I keep on repeating, is that we do what? We learn how to pray. There is a how to prayer. It's not just to open your mouth and say anything you like. There is a proper procedure. There is a how to it. And that's what we've been learning. Last time, I spoke about how to pray for people that you feel you conceive or you perceive they are your enemies in the time of adversity. And we went against what the flesh might dictate and just to pray for the people. All right? In fact, one of my sisters called me um, just about 30 minutes, okay, about an hour ago from the U.S., and we spoke for quite some time. I have not spoken with her in a very long time. So how are you doing? She was giving me an update of her life and all of that. And I listened listen to this. And she said, listen, that I work for a difficult person. That I have worked in Nigeria, worked in Southern Africa, worked in East Africa, now I'm working in the U.S. I have never worked for anybody this difficult. <laughs> That's a testimony. Do you know that? <laughs> that I have never Works for anybody this difficult. And I said something to her. Let me just share that one with you briefly. He said that, that the woman herself, her boss, is going through a lot of um, uh, issues. Ah. And that the woman is going through a divorce. Ah. I said, you already know what's going on. I said, you may not realize this. Now listen to what I'm saying carefully. You may not realize this. Those of us who are privileged to have people that love us. Those of us that are privileged to have people that are concerned about our progress. You know, you are doing something that is wrong. And behind your back, your friends join hands and pray for you. Do you follow my point? You know, once I told a friend, a friend, one of my brothers how we had a, uh, some serious um, issues uh, in our home. All right, my wife and I. So later, I just have you guys been. And I told him. He said, oh, no wonder that a few days ago, or a few days ago, 
he woke up at night and he had me strongly on his mind. So he began to pray. So when I told him everything that happened, he said, okay, that explains it. So you may have thought that something terrible happened, all right, to you, but you don't know that what will have happened will have been much worse. But God had, you know, done something and had placed people in strategic places spiritually around you and they began to pray for you, you don't even know. Don't ever ascribe all the success in your life to yourself. God raises people to pray for you. He does. You, many of them you don't know. Go and listen to, uh, read that, that portion of my book, How to Work for God. What I call about, I discuss about prayer with reward. Those are the things that are called, that, that, that's, that's what I call prayer with reward. You are praying for somebody, the person doesn't even know you are praying for him or her. But God is answering, and God is blessing the person. And that's why in life, never ascribe anything as coming out of yourself. You don't know who God has stirred up to labor, travel in prayer for you. They are there praying for your ministry. Maybe they've seen ministry like yours come. They remember one man of God. That man blessed us so much 25 years ago. Where is he now? All the problems that came into his life and the ministry was destroyed. So they will look and say, this one will not go that way. <laughs> they only heard you on radio. Or read your book. They started following you. You don't know that that man, that woman, gives you like one hour every week. Binding the devil around your life. You don't know. Chasing you up and down. Following your ministry. Not to be listening to what you are saying. But to check where you are going. He said, our pastor is going to Indonesia. He said, all right. Let me see. Where are the demons in Indonesia? <laughs> we stay in the home. Be wrestling on your behalf. Asking God for favor. Protecting you. Praying for your plane. And you think, as I was going, I got declared. This kind of declaration. <laughs> you know, the person who is declaring is at home. You lie down in your hotel peacefully. All the iniquity that you have done <laughs> is pursuing you. But somebody said, Lord, uh, those are not sins unto death. Have mercy on him. That's why in life, just walk around with humility and be grateful. Back to the Jesus I was giving you. So I told my sister, I said, <laughs> those of us that have people that love us, I said, you just told me now, using your own words, that this particular brother, mentioned one of our brothers who's a minister, how that he talks to her on the phone and he prays with her and together they pray. I said, oh, you have somebody that's joining hands with you. I'm praying about your problems. I said, your boss may have nothing like that. That's where I'm going. I saw that one that she's difficult at work. It is possible that nobody is praying. And God now planted you there. Say, okay, my daughter, pray for this woman. The person is irritating you badly. That's why Jesus said, pray for those who despitefully use you. They say you must be at work by 7.30. Meanwhile, you know 8 o'clock is good. You come regularly at 7.30 for one week. Then you come at 8.15 one day and you get a query. It's called being despitefully used. Ah, there are people that, <laughs> the other day one of my brothers, he said something. Imagine you working very hard, working very hard. You understand? Okay, let me give you an example now. Assume you come very early, you clean this place, you do well, you put on the lights, everything is fine. Then one day you are going, you now hear Israel and Felix and me just say, don't mind him. Now wait till you go chop it, they fine. Do you know how you feel? That's what's called to be despitefully used. Ah, you will put your hands on your head. That's in life, anything you want to do, make sure you are doing it for God. If, <laughs> if you do it for human beings, eh? <laughs> in this life, just make sure whatever you want to do, you are doing it for God. 
Because if you think of people when you are doing your things, one day, when they give you a big dagger at the back, you will repent of all your good works. And why should a man repent of his good works? And that's what it calls being tired of doing good. And listen to me, when the Bible says don't get tired, I tell you that it never commands about something that you have done naturally. What I mean is that if it says don't get tired, what it means is that tiredness is natural. When it says don't get tired, people will not naturally not get tired. The doing of good can be tiring. That day my brother and I were speaking. <laughs> he said, I feel like I've been stabbed in the back. You're laboring hard and somebody passed a comment. I said to him, this is why the Bible says that doing good can be tiring. So you've, done, you've gone to work regularly. They say, come at 7.30. You've gone regularly. Then one day, the man didn't even ask what happened. He just said, 8.15 gives you a query. Meanwhile, that day, because of forest scarcity, you couldn't get a vehicle. Your own vehicle did not move. And you went to the road. And that was why you were late. He's not listening. That's what it means to be despitefully used. <laughs> you're working hard. You're not being recognized and being rewarded. They are promoting people. It's all those who do yes and yes that they promote. Yeah, that's life. Don't fight. Next place, you don't say, I'm resigning, I'm going somewhere else. That one, they'll promote those who are doing yes, ma, yes, ma. You resign from there, go somewhere else. They'll promote those who are doing babake. <laughs> Better stay where you are. Do what you're supposed to do. And look up to God for your reward. Want to be jumping up and down because they don't mind them. They don't appreciate me there. Just make sure God appreciates you. How do you know God is appreciating you? It is simple. One, you can see how you are blessing lives. You can see how your presence is making a difference. That's how God is appreciating you. When God appreciates you, what he does is to put fruit into your labor. It's not as if he makes you rich. People, you know, this Christianity who practice is like, well, I don't bless God like this. I do God. I don't want to show my life. Listen, abundance. <laughs> I'm not kidding. You want abundance? Go and pray. That's what I'm trying to say. A sign that God is appreciating you is simple. Things are working better because of your presence. A sign that God is appreciating you is that lives are being transformed because of your work. People are being blessed. God is pouring grace upon what you are doing. That's appreciation. The reward for a job well, well done with God. You know the reward? More jobs to do. That's how God rewards Christians. So. When you do a job well, the reward is giving some more. To him that has, more shall be given. Go and check it. Those people, he said, occupy with this until I come. It was not their money. He said, you be in charge of ten cities. Was it their city? <laughs> the money was not their own. The cities were not their own. It was the Lord that owned everything. They were servants from the beginning to the end. Like I used to illustrate all the time. Joseph, was a servant from the day he was, he started, from the day he became an adult. He was a servant until he died. Forget that joke we deceive ourselves that he was a prime minister. So listen, the man was not uh, like he was enjoying, there was never enjoyment. Just like, okay, in the house of Potiphar, you did well. So, um, angels, move him to the palace so he can walk there. So he said, where do we pass? Pass through the prison. That's a quicker road. <laughs> He shouldn't contest in politics. No, no, no. Send him to jail. Lord, um, you said we should take him to the, to the palace. I, I know what I said. Where's the road? Prison. 
But he doesn't commit anything. Uh, don't worry. Let him do something good. They will turn it against him. And he did something good. And he landed in prison. Because they locked him there. That's exactly what I want for him. At this season. Then when they finally released him from prison, he was a born servant of Pharaoh forever. Serving the whole of Egypt and the whole of Israel. His father's family moved over and he became the servant to everybody. When they were hungry, they said, go and meet Joseph. That's what they said. That is, Joseph, serve them food. That's what Christianity is. Christianity, look, your life is dead. Eh? If you're not blessing anybody. It's not money. It's not lack of money that means you're dead. It's when you're not blessing anybody. Whether you are rich or poor, physically speaking, is not the issue. I hope you're getting my point. Now, back to the, where I began from. So, I talked about my sister. I said, listen, no, maybe this is why the Lord brought you across this individual. Just add her in your prayers regularly. Maybe nobody is praying for her. I'm just reviewing what I'm adding to what we said last time. So, those who that don't like you, causing your adversity, that's why God said, pray for them. Don't worry about them. Just pray about them. I'm not teaching that message in details again. Just want to remind us of why it's important we do that. All right? Don't ever forget it. No human being can stop your progress. You are praying for somebody, keep on declaring your own scripture. Promotion does not come from the east. It does not come from the west. It does not come from the south. God is judge. He rules in the affairs of men. He's the one. He said, listen, let me tell you another thing as believers. Do you know, anytime you are working, you are actually not working for anybody. You literally are working for God. And you are, again, working for yourself. What I mean is this. Jesus said, if you are not faithful in that which belongs to somebody else, nobody will give you your own. No matter the explanation you have for not being faithful, that is your explanation for not ever getting your own. It's because in this place, they, just, they, don't, it is, they don't appreciate those that are really working. You've heard it again. And again. You've said it before too. It's very common talk. Christians say it all the time. And for that reason, many of them will stop working. Listen, you are disqualifying yourself from your own promotion from God. You get promoted faster when you are not recognized by people. Did you hear what I said? Listen, Jesus said like this. If the people you are doing something for can say thank you, you know what I mean by thank you there now. He said, God doesn't owe you thank you anymore. You have received your reward. So it's better for you that they don't appreciate you. And you still continue doing what you were doing. As unto the Lord, even though nobody is appreciating you, then God is really, really, really marking it. If every day you do something good, your boss puts you in front. Say, see this boy? He's the best worker here. They put your plaque there for everybody to see. They give you a recommendation letter, and that encourages you to do some more. You may be excited, but that is the very reason why God is not owing you much. They'll be excited. <laughs> you may come and give testimony. Everybody recognizes me. But God owes you a lot when you've done everything good in the house of Potiphar. And your reward from the house of Potiphar is prison. Ah, your account is full in heaven. Let me tell you the truth. You know, I, I give instructions once in a while. Another one I want to give you. Never ever desire or long for or want recognition for what you have done. 
Write it down. It's an instruction from heaven. That's the 11th commandment. If they bring it, I'm not saying don't take it to. But don't want it. Don't ask for it. Don't whine about it. Don't complain. Don't say anything. Why? You are doing it unto the Lord. And with God, God, listen, God does not want his children demanding everything for what they have done. I hope you hear what I said. I want to say one more time. But back God does not want his children demanding anything because of what they have done. It is a very unfortunate gospel that we are preached to ourselves. Which I, I believe that God ordained that I should go and scatter. So people can be free. That we keep preaching to ourselves that when we have done something for God, God will now do for us. When you give money, God will give you money back. When you take care of other people's children, God will take care of your own. When you come to church early, come with, God will go to your house early. <laughs> Please forget all of those things. Though. What did I say? Forget all of those things. Anytime you do anything for God, thank Him for the privilege of being allowed to do. Do you understand my point? I like one thing John told Jesus when he saw Jesus. No, first thing he said, that's the one I wanted to do, I wanted to quote. He said, There's one coming mightier than I. Who's the least that is of his sandals? I am not worthy to untie. You know what it means? If they say untie it, you will say thank you. I don't know whether you get my point. <laughs> to, to untie it, you will have said thank you. In case you don't know what he, what he means by that, this was what he meant. What he meant. Those days. They said they had different kinds of slaves in the house, servants and slaves. Now, any time visitors arrive, the washing of feet, all right, is routine for your visitors because the roads were dusty. The lowest level slave in the house is the one that washes feet of everybody that arrives. So when you arrive, Nicodemus, Nicodemus says, yes, sir. He will bend down there Losing, you don't have to stand. You don't have to bend. I mean, you just stand there. He will loosen your sandals, and you remove your shoes, put it down. You know, put your feet down, and then he will wash your feet. That was the job of the lowest slave in the house. There were those who could cook. There were those who could make the bed, but if you are a low-ranking guy in the house, you loosen the sandals and wash the feet. So when John said to Jesus. I am not worthy. Now, that's what he was saying. What am I going to say? He did, so if they told him, losing the sandals, it was with gratitude. He would go home and say, wow, I was told today, touch my hand, I losing the sandals of Jesus. That, are you getting my point? And I want Christians to have that attitude. It's an honor that God has done for us that we should be able to do something for him, to run an errand for him. We must bear that in mind. For that reason, anytime we do something as unto the Lord, we should not be looking for what will he do back. That's why I said to you, a believer is not allowed to ever, at any time, demand reward, promotion. You are doing it for God. I'm, now listen to me. 
I am not saying you shouldn't desire promotion. I don't know what I heard I said. Did I say that? No, I didn't say that. What I'm just saying is that, you see, look at what I have done. I should be recognized in this place. That's the kind of little, little forms of pride that's killing us we don't know. I'll talk about it you know, a bit more today. As I'm talking about the other things I actually want to discuss today. In fact, let me get into my message. Those are the kind of little, little forms of pride that are destroying us as people we don't know. They are subtle, you know? <laughs> people are always looking for, is this sin? Is, not, is this not sin? Is this one sin? If you smoke, is it a sin? If you like smoke banner, is your problem? <laughs> I don't know whether you're getting my point. Now you won't die. There are so many things. There are so many things, little things we do in our lives every day. That are the real things that many people don't even consider to be sins. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not saying we should go around walking in sin. So people will start asking you, uh, if your hair is longer, if you do, if you if you if you if you barbrico in your head, is it a sin? There are so many little little things we do every day. They are injurious <laughs> to our walk in righteousness. They are spoiling our destiny. We don't know. I've just exposed one today. Going to the office and demanding that you have worked harder than everybody else, that you should be recognized and promoted. Now you know what it is. It's ungodliness. Okay, let's not use the word sin again. Let's use a word that we can apply to many things. It's ungodly. You see my message for today. In fact, let me just get into what I want to say today. In fact, I'm happy at the, at the point where I am. Now, I've left what I'm saying. Because it has helped me connect with the thing I want to say today. So let me just start with that. That's why, and this, this that's why is the new message for today, alright? Just connecting it. That is why you have to be grateful all the time. Do you hear what I said? Yes, sir. That's the beginning of it. You have to be grateful all the time. If appraisers come back, your friend is on your right, you resume at 8. He hardly gets to work before 8.30, and he's supposed to be there at 8. If they say close at 4, 5 minutes to 4, he has packed his bag. You know people like that? They are watching the clock like this, they are shaking their leg. Once it's 4, boom, they are out. They don't go any extra bit beyond that which is written, recorded as a time. You are the one that carries the work who, a prisoner now comes back, you now score the fellow higher than yourself. You know, we are believers, amen? That means we put the flesh under. That is the kind of flesh you put under. Not you are hungry, you won't eat. When, that is when you put flesh under. Because flesh is, this is nepotism. It is because he is the cousin of the wife's auntie who went to the same school with the, you know, you connect it. That is why, that's how I got the job in the first place. Once you start talking like that, believers, you are beginning to walk in the flesh. God told us something, reading through the scriptures. Say, everybody, Paul said it like this, everybody, mind your own business. That one is not your business. Are you getting my point? His own score is not your business. Remember the story of the, of the Lord who hired people? Some, nine in the morning, decided to work. Twelve. Three. Work closed at six. By five o'clock, he hired some people. And at the end of the day, 
he paid everybody the same. Those who started work at nine came. And they, had, they protested. These fellows worked only one hour. We started work at nine in the morning. Why are we being paid the same? You know what the master said to them? The contract between you and I is that you work for a day, I give you a full day's wage. Did I give you a full day's wage? Yes. But other people, it's my money. I am allowed to do what I like with my money. If I decide to give the next person two danarai for one hour's work, it's my money. As believers, we have to learn that. What am I saying? So your own appraiser is not as good as you expect. No, it's not as good as other fellows own. Let's put it like this. It's the Lord's money. Are you getting my point? He chose to pay him generously for the little he did. If your own is not good enough, this is the way to look at it. Maybe you don't deserve more than that. Who told you, who told you you do? If you are assessing yourself, you are proud. The appraiser comes back. You know what you do? You kneel down and thank God. Father, I thank you for this. And that's my message for today. You will thank God properly. Give him thanks and praise. And then you go ahead and say, Lord, well, with the Lord, there's, nothing, there's no need to deceive yourself. I mean, don't pretend. No, you know what? I actually felt that I should do better than this. 